darling of heaven, crucified. Scripture this morning is taken from Colossians 2, verses 13, 14, and 15. When you were dead in your sins and in, your, in, in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That's the reading of the word this morning. You may be seated. You know, I, I praise God for you putting up with me. Thank you. Usually after a service like this, I'll have some of my staff members come up to me and say, you know, you probably shouldn't say whatever it was, so... Okay, I'm ready for it. You know, a couple of uh, other things, housekeeping things. Uh, first of all, Mary Hendrickson had surgery on Friday, and she's doing pretty well. She's in some pain and uh, kind of loopy still, which is kind of fun to talk to her and get her in that state. And uh, so keep praying for her. Um, also, Sam Susnovich, raise your hand over here, Sam. If you're interested in that men's conference, go see Sam. Um, I know that, uh, yeah, you can. Uh, we saw the video, Sam. We did. So I, I, since you weren't here, I just wanted to point you out so they would know who to see if they were interested. So that's Sam. Great. Thanks, Sam. And Tara Blanchard is back here. If you can help out in the uh, Rotary Freedom Fest, see Tara, and she can get you plugged in. What a great witness for us in the community. And uh, it's Rotary that's putting it on. We're just helping. It's not us putting it on. So Tara, stand up just so they see you. There she is. You want to say anything about it, or you're fine? Great, thanks. You know, this morning as we look at Colossians chapter 2, I, I, I've had to laugh because I had a couple people share with me and, and they said, are you going to talk about circumcision on Father's Day? <laughs> I have good news, dads. We're not. So we just read chat, verse 13 there just to put you in context. But I'll be preaching from verses 14 and 15, and, and that's the second good news is because we're going to talk about the cross. And if you remember last week, I, I shared my, my opinion that I don't feel a cross has to be right in the middle. I think that's fine. I'm not even sure, and you're going to disagree with me on this, and that's okay. I'm not even sure it even has to be in the sanctuary. I'm glad it is. But as long as the cross is in your heart, 
then we're taken care of. And one person was not very happy with me last Sunday because, and she came out and says, I disagree totally with you on that. And I thought, that's fine. Not a problem at all. But this morning, it's kind of fun to come back to God's word and see the cross held high. To see the cross entered. In fact, if you look at verse 14, I want you to look at the very end of that verse because you see the cross in its prominence. I mean, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. Now, there's significance there. Then look at verse 15, because he doesn't leave the cross at that point. He comes back and deals with the cross again, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by what? By the cross. This morning we are going to look at the cross. And we're going to look at it at the center of our faith. Because what Jesus did on the cross is at the center of our faith. And, you know, we're not going to worship the cross. We're going to worship Christ. We're going to worship Jesus. Because that's where all of this takes place. But because Jesus chose to go to the cross, to be nailed on the cross... There are a lot of things that we can celebrate. And this morning, besides celebrating Father's Day, this morning we come to celebrate the cross. I mean, Paul was eager to preach the cross. Everywhere he went, he initiated the message and included the cross in that message. And he persistently preaches on the cross. And this morning we come to look at those things that were nailed to the cross. And because those things were nailed to the cross, we today, we can celebrate. We today, we can have a party because it has made all of the difference in the world and not only in this world, but the world to come for us because of what was done on the cross. First of all, and if you have your bulletin, you can see the first letter of each of these seven points. First of all, what was nailed to the cross? Sin was nailed to the cross. And you may want to write these passages down and look at them later. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. And there it says, Christ was without sin, but for our sake, God made him share our sin in order that in union with him, we might have the righteousness of God. And the exciting news is that when Jesus went to the cross... He did not just nail a sin to the cross, but he nailed sin to the cross, all of sin to the cross. Now, just as we celebrated fathers and we had this contest, we could celebrate sin, couldn't we? We could say, who has the worst sin in here? Oh my, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? And the good news is it doesn't matter because to Jesus, all sin was wiped away when he went to the cross. For all who believe, who trust in him, that sin is gone. Can you say amen to that? And and the greater your sin, the louder the amen should have been. Amen. Amen. See, I'm forgiven for all I said before now because of the cross. Thank you, Jesus. He became sin, them who knew no sin. For us who knows sin. And we celebrate today because on that cross, when Jesus was nailed there, our sins were nailed there. 
The second thing we can celebrate that was nailed to the cross was the curse. Oh my, this gets a little difficult. Let me read to you from Galatians chapter 3, and you can write these verses down too. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Listen closely because this is a little complicated. But by becoming a curse for us, Christ has redeemed us from the curse that the law brings. For the scripture says, anyone who is hanged on a tree is under God's curse. Christ did this in order that the blessing which God promised to Abraham might be given to the Gentiles by means of Christ Jesus, so that through faith we might receive the spirit promised by God. What is this curse? When did the curse first come? Genesis chapter 3. With Adam and with Eve. They took on sin. They could have lived a peaceful, happy, sinless life if they would have just listened to God. If they just would have done what God told them to do. Anybody relate to Adam and Eve? By the way, you're all related to Adam and Eve, just in case you were wondering. And we could live a sinless life if we just chose to listen to God and do what he tells us. How many of you just choose to listen to God and do everything he tells you? Me neither. But because of that, there is a curse. And that curse is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, even though we try... All of us, even though we are really good, or maybe not so good, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. And the curse would be that we have to take on that sin if it was not for Jesus and if it was not for the cross. The good news today is that curse was nailed to the cross, that the sins once again were washed away because of what Jesus did for us. There's a third thing that we have here that was nailed to the cross that we can celebrate that it is gone now, and that is fear. Fear. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Let me read those to you. Since the children, as he calls them, are people of flesh and blood, Jesus himself became like them and shared their human nature. He did this so that through his death, he might destroy the devil who has the power over death. And in this way set free those who were slaves all their lives because of their fear of death. Have you ever felt like you've been a slave to life? Have you ever felt like you've been a slave to the fears that you have? Do you carry fears with you into your everyday situations? Yeah, we, we do, don't we? There are things that we just kind of don't want to deal with, that we want to ignore, and yet they keep coming up. The good news is that we don't have to do that. That the judgment of God was taken care of when Jesus went to the cross. That we do not have to fear the penalty of sin. That we do not have to fear the penalty of what we do wrong because Jesus took that away. You remember in, in the verse in the Bible where it says that we have given not the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. You see, the fear does not have to rule. The fear does not have to take over our lives. And if you live a life of fear, 
you're doing it because you're allowing that to happen. Now, I, I know it's not that easy. If you are fearing something, you just can't say, okay, I'm not going to fear that anymore and, and go your way. I, I know it is not that easy, but I know the power to rid yourself of that fear is through Jesus Christ because he went to the cross. He died on the cross for us. So let's see. Sin was nailed there. The curse was nailed there. Fear was nailed there. The fourth thing that we see in our passage today is that death was nailed there. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Write that down so you can look at it later. And then verses 8 and 9. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 says, By our baptism then we were buried with him and shared his death in order that just as Christ was raised from death, by the glorious power of the Father, so also we might live a new life. Chapter 6, verse 8 says, Since we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Verse 9, For we know that Christ has been raised from the death and will never die again. Death will no longer rule over him. You see, that's great news. Oftentimes when I do a, a funeral, I will share in uh, the passage about that death has been swallowed up what? What's the rest of that? In victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? See, the victory comes in Jesus Christ. And death has been taken away. Are you going to die? Yes, you are humanly going to die. Just as we live, we will die. But that death has been swallowed up. For Christians, we then will find ourselves in heaven. We don't have to worry about that death. That was defeated at the cross. By the way, some of you will say, well, okay, death was defeated when Jesus rose from the dead. Was death defeated then? Well, yes, it was. But death was defeated at the cross. Why? Even before he rose from the dead. Why was death defeated at the cross? The stain is gone. The sin is gone because the price was paid. You see, you don't have anything to do with that. Jesus took care of that. And because he took care of that, we do not have to fear death. Oh, we will have the physical death, but we will not have the spiritual death. And I don't know about you, but that's exciting for me. I, I, I don't become a Christian, so I avoid that death. I become a Christian for lots of reasons, for those reasons that I've shared, but a great add-on here is I will live forever. I will live for an eternity with God. Those of us who have Jesus Christ in our hearts, we will live an eternity with God. Let's look at number five. What else can we nail to the cross that Jesus did for us? Well, we can nail enmity and we're thinking, my goodness, what is that? Well, let me give you some other words here that will help. We can nail separation. We can nail isolation. You see, those of us who were once far away from God now have been brought near. Do you remember how that in the Old Testament times that people could not approach God on their own? Do you remember that? that they had to go to the priest, and if they brought the right offering and so on, that the priest would hold them up before God. 
You know, we're not separated like that anymore. Because when Jesus came, what happened to the curtain between God and ourselves? It was torn. It was rent. It was separated so that we can come into the presence of God. You don't need me. That doesn't sound good. But you don't. You don't need a priest. But you need God. You need Jesus who went to the cross, who tore that curtain and made it possible for us to come directly into the presence of God. That is wonderful news. That is great news for us. In fact, let me share some passages from Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. And chapter 10, and and what good things here, because in Hebrews we are told that, that we have atonement was made for us. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. We have then, my friends, complete freedom to go into the most holy place by means of the death of Jesus. Hebrews 10, 20. He opened for us a new way, a living way through the curtain that is through his own body. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. When Christ went through the tent and entered once and for all into the most holy place, He did not take the blood of goats and bulls to offer as a sacrifice. Rather, he took his own blood and obtained eternal salvation for us. And one more here, Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ did not go into a holy place made by human hands, which was a copy of the real one. He went into heaven itself, where he now appears on our behalf in the presence of God. See, the great news is you don't need me to go argue for you to get into heaven. I probably wouldn't do a very good job. But Jesus has already gone and he's already argued your case. Jesus has already gone and he's wiped away the sins that we carry. You know, we talked about those sins, that he's wiped those away. And no longer do we have to be separated. Not now here on earth, nor when the day comes when we die. We will not be separated. We will not be isolated. There will not be enmity. We will be with God. Okay, number six. This is good news as well. And because of Jesus going to the cross, he nailed to the cross our defeat, our faults, and our failures. Jesus nailed them all to the cross. We are made righteous in the sight of God. But, but, but I failed. Yes. But Jesus erased that, going to the cross. But, but I have these faults. Yes. God already knows about those, but he has washed those away. He's erased those when we seek him in heaven. But I live such a defeated life. Yes, you do. But there is victory in Christ. He gives us that victory. Oh, death, where is I sting? <laughs> it's the victory that is so good. It is the being a winner no matter what has happened because of the triumph that is ours in Jesus Christ. Remember what John 10.10 10 says? I like that verse because it's a fun one. What does John 10.10 10 tell us? That we shall have life and have it abundantly. That's the second part of that verse. Why do I like that? I like the promise. 
that when we have Christ, we will have life. We'll have it abundantly. We don't have to live in our defeats. We don't have to live in our life of failure. But we can have life and have it abundantly. And we don't even need to wait till we're in heaven. We can have that abundant life here today because Jesus went to the cross and he paid that price. Some of you are saying, well, okay, pastor, how come I'm not living that life right now? Well, I'll ask you the same question. How come you're not living that life right now? Because the price has already been paid. Jesus already did the things that he needed to do. But the question is, why do we not just receive that? Why do we not just accept that? One last thing, number seven. What else did Jesus nail to the cross? He nailed Satan's dominion and his authority. No longer does he have that authority. No longer does he have the dominion. Our passage, second, or Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. And on that cross, Christ freed himself from the power of the spiritual rulers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them by leading them as captives in his victory procession. You see, it's been done. Satan has been defeated. Will Satan roam around the earth for a while? Will he? You bet he will. Is he roaming right now? You bet he is. And there will be some minor victories on his part. But we know the end, don't we? We know the last chapter, don't we? We know that victory will be the victory of Jesus. You see, the great news of the cross is that we win and Satan loses. That Jesus will be put on his throne. That the authority will be given of all the earth to him. Romans chapter 16 verse 20 talks about that Jesus will crush Satan under his feet. I like that. There's no chance that Satan has. There's no victory that will be his in the end. And because victory is ours, we can celebrate. So the question comes, how do we put these seven things in our hearts on our faces? How do we do that? How do we accept that as a reality? My friends, there are lots of verses that tell us just what I've told you today. There's lots of verses that tell us that we are going to be victorious. Not only today, but tomorrow and the next day. And at the end of time, we are going to be victorious. So just do it. <laughs> you know, get over it. Do you ever have somebody that every time they come, they just whine and complain? Don't you just want to say, shut up! Don't you want to say that? You know, you can come to me and moan and groan and whine all you want, and I just want to tell you, but I won't because I'm very pastoral. But I will with you sitting down. Shut up! Stop it! Because the victory has been won. The price was paid. And it's just us receiving that now. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for the cross. Thank you that you chose your son Jesus to come and to die. 
that as we come this morning, Lord, that the price has already been paid, the victory is already ours. Let us accept that. Let us go and know that we can live life and live it abundantly. Lord God, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. If we could have the ushers now receive the offering.